Linda collected the scythes to sharpen as they rested. While some of the reapers used a whetstone to hone their dull blades, others relied on his skill to peen out the edges. The young man, his dark head swathed in a bright red scarf tied at the nape of his neck, had driven his anvil into the top of a fence post by the wooden gate, and had been doing a brisk trade since the early morning. His mule stood patiently nearby in the hedgerow's dense shade, whisking away with his tail the black harvest flies that dotted the air. The men drank so long and hard that it was the women who noticed first. One of them, younger than the others, had climbed on the wagon at the top end of the field to hand down hunks of bread and cheese. She was gathering up the baskets when she happened to glance beyond the wall toward the salt marshes. A great flat expanse of open country lay before her, stretching as far as the coast, and the sight of it barely registered at first. She had even continued to busy herself with the task in hand before she realized what she had seen. She looked up again a few seconds later, and there it was. A thin bank of grey mist lying low across the horizon. A frown settled on her freckled brow. See frats coming in? she called down to the other women below. They all knew it was bad news. At least a day's work would be lost once the heavy fog that rolled in from the coast had settled on the ripe barley crop. An older woman hitched up her skirts. Let's see, she said, holding out her arm to be helped up. She too now looked out across the flatlands toward the marshes from the wagon's vantage point. After a moment's deliberation, she was satisfied the girl was right. Best tell Mr. Bullymore, she said, adding, he'll not be pleased. The younger woman hastily clambered down and broke into a trot as she headed toward the cluster of men who sat around drinking. Where's our grub then, wench? shouted one of them. We're hungry as hawks. The others cheered and whistled, but she ignored their childish taunts and walked straight up to the foreman, who sat with his back against a stook, swatting away the harvest flies. Mr. Bullymore, sir, she began breathlessly. The foreman looked up at her, shielding his eyes from the sun's glare. What is it, Hester? There's a sea frat coming, sir. Bullymore, a broad man in his middle years, rolled his eyes and scrambled to his feet. He turned to the east. The heat made the barley fields shimmer like burnished gold. He strained his eyes, squinting in the bright light. I see no fret, woman, he chided. I saw it from the cart, sir. As God is my witness, and so did Mistress Pickwell. He eyed her sceptically. Show me. She led him to the wagon a few yards up the slope, and he climbed onto it for a better view. There was no mistaking what he saw. By that. A young woman clambered up to join him. There it was, a silvery ribbon that clung to the horizon, only now the clouds were more clearly defined than before. The fret was moving inland fast. "'Tis a thick one, all right,' conceded the foreman. Then, cupping his hands around his mouth, he called out to the men below. "'Get back to work, lads! Fret's coming in!' The reapers rose quickly and picked up their honed scythes with a renewed urgency. They understood that if there was no barley harvested, there would be lower pay. Put your backs into it, shouted Bullimore, striding down the slope toward them. I reckon we've an hour at the most. And so they began again, cutting the cracked, dry stems of corn with great sweeps of their new sharpened scythes. The women fell in behind, gathering the cut barley up in their arms in a wide embrace, before evening out the ears neatly to be twined by the boys. As the men advanced through the crop, there were the rabbits and hares scattered before them, running hither and thither. 
The harvest flies, too, rose in black columns above the barley and flew off. From out on the marsh, a curlew's plaintive cry sounded. Hooray, man! called Bullimore. He took off the kerchief he wore and mopped the sweat from his brow. They made good progress. An hour later, several dozen more stooks were standing sentinel. The boys had worked well binding the stems tight, a young hands protected against the cutting twine by thick leather gauntlets. The barley heads sat drying in the sun, only by now it was losing its heat. The foreman had already noticed a change in the sky. He could read the clouds as if they were words on a page. Wispy mare's tails signified fine weather, while mackerel scales warned of a storm. But this sky was quite alien to him. It was as if the words were written in a foreign language. There was something strange, something unsettling about this sky. It was then that he suddenly felt a cool breeze peek the head.